This is Channel 253 Sports. She's a keeper. I mean, so. not yet, but I bought the gloves and I'm going to look to try out. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. right. You're going to be a beekeeper? No, the Jesus goalkeeper. Christ. Goalkeeper. All right. <laughs> In 2004, 30 years after the birth of the Seattle Sounders, a crack podcasting unit was sent to prison by a federal court for a crime they didn't commit. These men and women promptly, well, eventually, escaped from a minimum security luxury prison camp to the Tacoma Underground. Today, still wanted by the Timbers Army for dropping trial in front of Jeltwin, they survive as supporters of fortune. If you need a hot take, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Flounders B Team. Hey, everybody. This is Steve, and you are listening to the Flounders B-Team Podcast. How are you doing today? This is Season 2, Episode 16. We are recording on July 11th, 2018, and we are in studio today with the illustrious, the handsome, the well-hatted. I woke up like this. Yeah, <laughs> Tim Hamilton. How you doing, buddy? Uh, it's a long day, but I'm ready to uh, uh, drink and it, talk soccer. It was a long day. It was a long day. Uh, also, with the incredible commute today, we have hands-free footy. How are you guys doing today? Very well. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. Absolutely. It's kind of short notice. Uh, by the way, you want to talk about commutes? Uh, yeah. I live. I, I love actually, talking. I love bitching about my commute. It's like my number <laughs> one favorite This is not going to make you happy. This is not going to make you happy. Uh, do you know where Lincoln Pharmacy is? Yes, I do. Yeah, I live about as far from it as you do. Oh. And that's where I work. Right. You so work at Lincoln Pharmacy? So that's my See, my now commute. I have a really good reason, besides being a local, locally owned compounding pharmacy, Absolutely. to go to Lincoln Pharmacy. <laughs> I know somebody that works Ding. there. <laughs> all right um yeah community uh, based so man. my yeah my commute's two minutes so that doesn't make me mad that makes people. me happy for you <laughs> do you love what you do uh, okay all right that's fine right. i like what i do <laughs> <laughs> i loved what i did a couple years ago before i moved up to management Ah, <laughs> uh, see being a people manager that changes everything oh boy let really me tell does. <laughs> then you got to have some of those charts and reports and 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 TPS trackers, yeah. tracking tracking spreadsheets. We made a rubric. You made a rubric? Yes. What did it look like? I need to know more about this. Um, it was just about like, hey, if you want to get paid for fifteen bucks an hour, here are the things you need to accomplish regularly in order to get that. And because I'm a teacher, so like, yeah. you know, if he's having trouble communicating expectations, it's like, hey, man, let's build a rubric. Yeah, that's what she does. This is expect. And how does how's that worked for you? Uh, fair, fair to well, like you know, it's more of a question of implementation than creation. Okay, uh, getting All right. people to listen to me. Well, when when it shows up on their performance review, then they figure it out real quick. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I I'm not I'm not a big fan of being a people manager. So so you're a teacher. I am. Right on. That's fantastic. Yeah. You teach. I teach ninth and tenth grade humanities, and I'm not going to say at which school because okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you're Carol, and that's it, and yeah. you're on a soccer podcast. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Well, and my own soccer podcast that I record um, also gets broadcast over the radio, yeah. and so occasionally I will have a kid approach me and say, "Hey." I feel like I heard you on the radio. Yeah. And that's always an awkward conversation, so I'm not allowed to cuss anymore, and it's just... Uh, yeah. what, what radio station are you broadcasting That's on? a great question. It is a local LPFM, um, Radio Tacoma. I'm 
can't remember the couldn't even tell you what to put your dial to <laughs> dial, but it is in Tacoma. If you start scanning through your Tacoma station until you hear that wonderful voice that you just did, <laughs> yeah. you've hit the right thing. They just stream you guys twenty four seven. They actually fa- <laughs> probably about twelve seven. <laughs> wow, they're, they're just launching and they needed some uh, wow. airtime to fill, and they're like, yeah, we can we can oh, record wow. swearing free. How do we how do we get in? Uh, no, we can't record swearing free. It's yeah, not that's it's gonna be beep, actually beep, beep, it's beep. been five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Yeah. There Oh, see, now you fucked it up. Um, you fucked up our whole revenue model now. <laughs> God dang it. We'll edit that out. <laughs> there's no revenue. There's no revenue. There's zero revenue in this enterprise. If anybody thinks there's revenue in this enterprise, you are wrong. Okay. All right. So, high school teacher, thank you yes. for your service. You're welcome. I enjoy it. It's cool. <laughs> so, Tim, you're also in the pharmaceutical sciences. Sure. You sell booze. You sell mind-altering <laughs> yes, substances. Yes. I, uh, yeah, I sell things that'll make you uh, texture X at the worst possible time. Excellent. Is that why you have... Take pictures and send uh, them to... This amazingly named Sparkle Donkey Tequila. Yeah, we've been sitting on that for a while, but uh, there's always been something else to drink, so uh, we wanted a reason to crack that open. So we have the Sparkle Donkey Anejo. That means it's been aged a year, uh, at least... Mm. At least eight oh, months. Oh God, it's so caramel and um, delicious. Headquarters in Seattle. They also, uh, they also wait. The Sparkle Donkey headquarters. I think it's in Seattle. Black Rock. Distributor. Yeah, it is Black Rock. And they also do yeah. bacon vodka. And wow, but it's you know it's made in Mexico in Jalisco. I'm sure. I was hanging out in a. No, you weren't. In, you're right. I don't have any friends, and I don't go anywhere. But um, <laughs> well, I was hanging out liar. in a Mexican restaurant in um, Bellevue, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Factoria, so it wasn't a really nice one. And it wasn't real Mexican food. No, it's pretty. I mean, it feels Tex-Mex. It's Tex-Mex. But anyway, that's not the point of the story. Sorry. The point of the story <laughs> is in the back. There's a poster that says, um, "Our donkey is angry and uncooperative. That's why it takes so long to deliver this to you." Uh, it's like a poster, a marketing poster from yeah. 1965 for Black Rock Distillery. Oh, nice. And yeah, it's kind of fun. So I'll share that with the with the with the crew here. All right, so what are we here to talk about today? Of course, we want to talk about hands-free footy, your formation story, what's going on with that, what you guys do, what you focus on. You're more of a global soccer community, as we're we're, we're more specific on the Seattle Sounders we, and S2. We try to do MLS mm-hmm. specifically. Okay. It seemed like there were a lot of Sounders podcasts out there, and despite <laughs> our last two years where we sounded a lot like a Sounders podcast, <laughs> um, the further they get into the playoffs, the more you have to talk about them, and it's yeah. what we know, but we're, we're trying to do like it didn't seem like there was a lot of like general mls talk out there mm-hmm. so okay that wasn't like sponsored directly by the no. major league soccer yes. Prav- yeah, yeah, yeah. pravda you mean Pro- yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i mean you know i mean there's a propaganda arm Just yeah I know. Uh, marketing prop i mean it's all the same uh we want to talk a little bit about croatia versus england of course because that was a big game today oh, holy cats yet another world cup match ending in extra time but not being now. Um, of course, we want to talk about uh, Sounders' recent form. We got four points in two matches against Colorado, which is a win in New England. Wait, did uh, you just say the Sounders draw. are scoring, uh, getting two points per game? Two points per game um, in the last, the last two, two games. games. I'll take it. So, exactly. No, I'm, I'm here. You're wearing the ECS. I, I understand who you are and where you're coming from, man. It feels good. 
Um, so let's enjoy it while it lasts. And Sixty percent of the time, it, yeah, works, it works every, every time. time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Rudias uh, and uh, coming in to inject some lifeblood. Would like to talk about formation. If you have any insights on uh, what that looks like and who you think's gonna. You know how that's going to shake up our lineup, and right. and and how excited you guys are for for that addition. We need something, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and then long walks on the beach with Dave <laughs> and Carol. Oh. We want to talk about you guys and how you met, or at least how you started your soccer podcast. We don't get too personal we here. We can do how we met. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do, man. Because <laughs> we're here. For you, Aww. Aww. Uh, then of course Steve and we'll I met to... at the back of the stranger. <laughs> um, I have a story about that. Connections. Is that what we're calling? Is that what we're calling the Berliner? <laughs> Misconnections <laughs> from Steve and Tim. That's right. Lowered expectations. <laughs> okay, I, I have to inject the story. People too good. It goes Go back for it. to high school. Uh, I was in a drama class with a buddy of mine, and. Because the stranger pack classifies, particularly in the '90s, was some of the greatest publishing in the planet. Oh yeah, that's good. That's art. And we are reading, and forgive me, Carol, for having to hear this, but we are reading an ad that says, Important. and I remember to this day, looking for a dumb blonde bombshell with big tits and no brains. Come see my nine inches of doom. Classy doom. That doom. That's what he said. And we were laughing so doom. hard. And my drama teacher, who was a very hippie, like twenty-four-year-old, ambitious, like go get him, go get her of a teacher, comes over and she's like, "What are you guys laughing at?" We're like hiding. It's like nothing, nothing, nothing. And she's like, "No, really? What are you, what are you laughing at?" And we're like, "No, it's just this stranger. It's this newspaper, Seattle. They're classifieds are fine." And she just goes, "Ugh, I wasted so much money on those," and walked away. <laughs> 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 Real talk. <laughs> David and Carol. Hey, public school teachers need loving too. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, well, as we say on our podcast, shall we talk about soccer? We should. I think we should. I'm really excited that you guys came on to talk with us today. Um, we're, we're fans of your show and like to listen to uh, what you have to say. Um Boy, that was a really dumb thing to say. <laughs> Great segue, Kettleson. Um, but uh, Croatia versus England today. What a bombshell, right? Oh, my gosh. Did, oh, did we expect England to run away with that match? Or I, I mean, Croatia's been pretty scrappy, especially on defense, right? I'm, start, I'm actually starting to think Croatia may have it. There's just something about them that just screams like, it doesn't matter how, we will not lose. Uh-huh. Like, if it's a scrappy game that's needed, we'll do a scrappy game. If we need to just, you know, roll over someone, we can do that. But, like, what? Whatever it takes, yeah. we can do it. They a keeper survive. with a hamstring with a four-foot oh fucking vertical God. jump. I mean, whatever, dude. <laughs> I, I uh, had a late night last night, so like even an 11 o'clock game was like a bit early for mm -hmm. me this morning. And like five minutes into the game, my phone buzzes to alert me that England has scored. Yeah. And so it's like, like okay, I guess it wasn't worth waking up for that one. <laughs> and then I had a massage scheduled at noon. And so I'm like, yeah, I mean, I didn't realize this was going to be during a soccer game, but it's probably not worth watching the game anyway, because mm -hmm. England's already winning. Mm -hmm. Get done with the massage and they've like tied it up. And it's like, oh my God, I have to go home and watch extra time. <laughs> Walked into the house right in time to see the yeah. goal. And it was just, oh my like god, drew it up in the 65th or so uh, and then extra time and then 110th minute yeah um, so, uh, croatia yeah. scores again well it, it's a combination i mean 
Croatia is that that spider that is uh, immune to whatever you spray. You know, you, <laughs> you vacuumed it up and it's still there. You spray it, it won't die. You step on it and it runs with your shoe. Mm-hmm. It, and then it it's just making survives. a web in your rearview so mirror. I, I think yeah. that kind of spider is called a cockroach. Yeah, the two <laughs> <laughs> survives the nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> the the commentators for that game were saying that Croatia won three straight during their group stage, mm-hmm. and then like they had to win everything during the knockout round. So it's like they had to come back from it. You know, yeah. everyone else has like drawn or like lost one during the g- group stage, but like Croatia has a perfect record in the World Cup. That doesn't right. happen on accident, right? Exactly. <laughs> and and one thing that I can't help but think about is like they've now played three games in a row that went to extra time, extra time. two of which went to penalties. Mm-hmm. They've literally played one more ninety minutes than France going into this game. Mm-hmm. Like they're since the group stage, they've played four games to France's three. Yep. And France is going to have more rest, right? And yeah, an extra day for sure. So I saw a, a hot take. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't give it proper credit. I'll try to do so in the show notes. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so no, I mean, I mean, England. They survived. They've gotten through, but they don't really score. A, I, I don't. I don't recall any goals during really the run of play. They got some PKs and they got a bunch of corner kicks, and I just haven't really seen anything. And I think they got their first goal off a corner kick, didn't they? Um, Five minutes yes, in, that is true. No, it was a free kick from it was oh. a perfectly placed free kick from just right at the top of the D. Yeah, oh. Don't you hate those? I was like every time. It was chilling to watch. Oh, it and was at like the, perfectly placed. And at the end of the at the end of the uh, at the end of uh, of stoppage time, basically England had that basically that same free right. kick like from the top <laughs> of the top of the box, and and I mean they didn't capitalize on it because Croatia is. Croatia, not Bosnia. Croatia <laughs> is um, fierce. They're like Tasmanian devils, and yeah. they will not die. Um, <laughs> so uh, Will Parchman of The Athletic said, a small population is an advantage, not a hindrance. Ooh. And well, and so Kevin and I actually had some thoughts about this on uh, the Nerd Farmer podcast, which is coming out this week. Uh, uh, Kevin uh, Zamira and I showed up with Nate Bowling uh, to talk on this Channel 253 podcast called The Nerd Farmer uh, and just basically talking about FIFA in general, World Cup uh, run up to we recorded about three weeks ago, had really shitty predictions and so on and so forth. But um, we talked about about whether there's like a shortage of athleticism in the United States. Well, no, of course not. Can we just pull players from other sports and shove them in soccer and expect to be successful? Obviously, no, we can't. That's not reasonable. But my thinking when I saw this from Will Parchman was that, okay, a small population may be an advantage in cases where, A, you've got a cultural affinity towards the sport, and you're not playing a lot of other things, maybe basketball, right? I mean, when I think Bosnia, I think basketball for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I think mm. that too with Croatia. But maybe I'm thinking like <laughs> Latvia. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's in your head. It's in your Bosnia head. Bosnia is in my head. Bosnia was not in the World Cup. Croatia, however, which <laughs> yeah. is a, 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 a not a Baltic state, but it's a Balkan state, is uh, on the on the Mediterranean, uh, just across the sea from uh, the Adriatic Sea, from Italy. So this has been your geography lesson, exactly brought to you by the Flounders B Team podcast. That's right. The Goat producer herding. of this podcast is secretly replaced 
Croatia with Bosnia. Let's see if anybody notices. Let's see if anyone notices. So anyway, Croatia. I mean... Uh, so no, anyway, it is Croatia. I, I, You're I, good. You got it. You got it. Sports. <laughs> Soccer. <laughs> anyway, so I uh, back to my real point, which was... Does this have validity? If you're focused culturally on this particular sport and you're making a decision as basically an entire society to throw a lot of resources into a sport, notionally, I'm, I'm not saying this is what Croatia does. I have no idea what their, their domestic policy is around sports development. But notionally, if you had that kind of level of decision around that, is a small population an advantage with respect to focus and having support for a sport and being this successful i'd like to hear the logic uh, well that was basically it i mean yes and no i mean <sighs> fiji has a small population well they suck iceland small yeah. population they've done it right they've yeah. done some things well yeah. yeah and so i could see it like working advantage seems too strong. strong yeah yeah like you can make it work with a small population and croatia is currently proving that but i have a hard time seeing that as advantage like dave and i have had a conversation about like someday are we ever going to see like co-ed professional soccer because it seems like every time you limit the talent pool you know that's bad news and so like that's part of the reason like why france is so strong as mm -hmm. i had thought it was immigration it turns out it's colonialism the two uh -huh. are probably linked <laughs> um but either way like Accurate. they've got a real big talent pool to draw from mm -hmm. and that's an advantage for them and if croatia is using their small population to talk about like well hey all these players like know each other real well and have like a common cultural background and so mm -hmm. they like communicate real well on the field and there's a lot of trust there if that's how they're using it as a strength rather than a weakness good on them but Community. i don't think it's inevitable <clears throat> i i think yeah dave i'm sorry no that's okay i'm my thought is like more important than the population size is the determination of the culture to succeed in that sport mm -hmm. um Iceland is a perfect example. It's not a question of their population size. It's a question of the resources they are willing to devote. They went out and got great coaches. They went out and, you know, they decided to be determined. Like, no, this is something that we can excel at and we will excel at. What are the – we can't affect our talent pool. Our talent pool is what it is. And we just lost Aaron Johansson to the United States. So mm -hmm. where, where do we go from here? Bastards. I know. <laughs> yeah, how pissed off is he right now? No sh <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kidding no we talk about this like Aaron got to feel like hot garbage i mean you you get to go to brazil but you don't play and then you you know like you're you're in the you know you're in the the ether and nobody knows where where is he i mean is he playing in germany right now last year he was playing in germany there was a couple of mls teams that were looking for looking at him but uh, the, I mean, I'm not saying he defected, but he he signed his one-time switch or whatever to to get from Iceland to to the U.S. And then Iceland goes on a tear, and the U.S. is pretty much stuck with that, like the curse of the Bambino. With, <laughs> since we took him, we've been shite. <laughs> right. Well, um, I think the the Thanks, primary. The, <laughs> Jesus Christ! He's going to Japan anyway. Um, so I think the the I think the primary argument against the small countries in advantage is when was the last time Croatia got to this got to the finals in a World Cup I mean and and the sample size is small because how many nations are there and how many World Cups have there been and yeah. how long have they been a nation 
Well, yeah, I, I mean, that. but I mean, I, Yugoslavia and 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 Austria Hungary and there's all a lot its of small countries out there to yeah. choose from. But I think, I mean, uh, I know there have been eight teams that have ever won it. But I think one of the things I learned today is there have only been thirteen nations that have ever made it to the final. Mm-hmm. That's also not a very big list. Exactly. Uh, I think it's been since the '60s where an Eastern European team made it to the uh, the finals. Um, but to your point, Dave, about Yugoslavia, that I think that was yeah. But to uh, your point, Dave, about community, there was an interesting take today about um, how uh, there have been 600,000 kids in United States soccer development leagues who have left precisely because they broke up the uh, academic year uh, to a calendar year. And uh, the reason is that these kids like to play with their friends. Right. And that's how you develop a sport, and that's how you develop culture. Uh, and if you break people up and send them to these premier teams, I don't know. A lot of a lot of dancing and a lot of really interesting chat about youth development in the United States. And I'm really excited to see how that uh, how that develops leading into the 20. Uh, I guess it would be the 2026 World Cup. Uh, I think it's going to be huge. We're going to see a lot of kids coming up. Yeah, it's and it's something that our country is not terribly good at is finding that talent and finding a way to develop it. Like it's just, and this is an old story. You've heard this on a million different other shows and everything. But the basic thing is like our best best athletes aren't playing soccer, right? You know, LeBron James is playing. I I won't even go as far as like LeBron James. How about uh, someone who loves soccer? Chad Ochocinco mm-hmm. was an amazing athlete. Probably would have dominated on the soccer field, mm-hmm. but. If he'd had the training and done that instead of football, instead of football, exactly. Yeah. It's it's all a matter of time. How much time do you spend on your craft? I mean, you see, you see, <laughs> you see kids that are really proficient at uh, uh, Minecraft or playing with yo-yo. You have to spend that much time. You have to designate that much time to playing soccer. Now, to be a there's a few freaks of nature, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, that can play multiple sports at a really Michael high Jordan. level. Tim Tebow. <laughs> Russell Wilson, entirely kidding. Like he's not. But I mean, there's you can probably thing. count on 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 well one or two hands players that can play at the pro level in multiple <laughs> sports. Um, but I I think with with this many people here in the United States, um, we should be able to find and cultivate enough people to field the team now. Because you know, back to the community thing, we are so large, it's going to be hard to get everybody identified um, with technology and things that, that have come out now, it's got to be easier, but I just hope that we don't alienate a certain, you know, cultural part of, you know, like uh, we've lost a couple, you know, like uh, if, if you guys listen to the nerd farm coming out, you'll notice that, you know, you remember that we lost a couple of Latino players to Mexico that had an opportunity to play here in the States because we just didn't, you know, didn't show any interest. We didn't say hi. We didn't like befriend them and, and get the Gonzalez's to, to come and play for the United States versus, you know, Mexico. Um, so just, I, we're going to have to identify talent, let them, let them play. And then once you find some fast kids that can technically move the ball around, then you get them all in, in a room together and, and teach that curriculum, teach the tactics, oh, sure. te- teach the, okay. Teach the sport. Well, and I think one podcast I was listening to, and I wish, I wish I could credit these guys because I thought it was a fascinating conversation. They were talking about like this hundred million dollar surplus, this money that 
U.S. soccer has and what is the best way to use it? And first of all, what do you want to accomplish with that money? I feel like we all can agree, like, the purpose of the money is to better develop U.S. soccer, like, yeah. better develop the sport in the United States. And the way to do that is not so much, like, an effective way to do that, not the way to do that, but an effective way to do that is not so much spending that money on players or talent scouting or things like that, but make it easier to develop coaches. Lower that bar for the entrance for coaches. So kids, like people like my age, like I know nothing about soccer. I couldn't coach. If I could like for 50 bucks, take a class and become a qualified coach for maybe a little league, I would consider that. Yeah, you could coach your niece. And then, yeah, coach my niece. And then... You know, each step up, like, costs, the cost is prohibitive for each step up. You spend that money lowering that cost and making it more accessible. You develop more coaches. More coaches is teaching more kids. And teaching kids the way you want them to, you've developed that curriculum for the coaches. And then that spreads down to the players. And then suddenly you've got a wider base to draw from of people who are learning the system that they want taught from the beginning, which creates just a better, more sort of unified entire system. Like, That's a utopia that only exists in Iceland. <laughs> right. no, seriously, it's all about, it's all about money. Your, your premier league teams, your, your select teams, they want, they want you and your children to come and play there. They don't want to share anything with anybody they want your kids and your kids cash and well not the kids cash parents cash and it's it's highly competitive it's not just hey let's all get along for the greater good is to to grow the national but that's what we need i mean that's what we need to do i think that's that's a little we we hinted towards this on the on the nerd farmer pod a few weeks ago and i mean this is the dialogue that's building is is that yeah? We need to make coaching a little more accessible. We need to somehow subsidize the licensing or just give the license, like the polio vaccine. Just like, give this <laughs> shit away for free yeah. for the better good, for the greater good. That's right, Jonas Salk. Yeah, let's go, baby. All right, am I right? Research there was polio. It, yeah, yeah okay. you did good. You did good, buddy. You did good. Thank you. Also, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I will see myself out. <laughs> wash your. I gotta hands, win. <laughs> wash your hands when you go to the bathroom. Co- co- coaching. Co- coaching access is huge. Play. The coaching access gives you player access. Gives you lower cost to lower barrier to entry to organize play. Gives you. Gives you. Gives you. Gives you. Gives you. The tournament system and the scouting system in this country are not great uh, for for youth um, right. to, to 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 play in disorganized or less organized uh, fashion to to actually be discovered uh stuff like that so definitely tune into that but you, you i think you're hitting on something that's that's definitely in the zeitgeist right now man um with that we're going to go ahead and take a little bit of a break and then when we come back we're going to talk about uh sounders uh recent form and explore what we think is going to happen with rude diaz and how uh clint dempsey will be will be utilized uh, there's some theories out there and anyway with that thank you so much for listening to the flounders b team podcast we'll be right back
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Flounders B-Team podcast. We are back, of course, with Carol and Dave from Hands-Free Footy. You guys having fun? Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Right on. Tim, you having fun? Oh, wait, what? Yeah, he's <laughs> back. All right. So uh, what are you guys drinking? What's What are we drinking right now? Oh. I need some of that. Yeah, give me some of that. Tell me about it. You want to pass that down? So, um, I don't know. I just opened it. Uh, Sparkle Donkey has, they have four set. Well, El Buro Esparcalo. Yeah, they have four items. One is the silver tequila, just is unaged. That four different skews. Yeah, SQ, okay. the barcodes basically on the back. Four different uh, line line extensions. They have the the silver tequila, the reposado, which is aged in in whatever oak, um, anejo, which is aged for a year, and then they have this one that is called hot donkey. Hot donkey. Yum. I was afraid of this one because a lot of the like hot liquor that I've drunk, it's like chili, mm-hmm. not cinnamon. And oh, I always get like bad heartburn <laughs> from chili liquor, but the cinnamon stuff's real good. Yeah. Hot donkey is a cinnamon, basically cinnamon flavored tequila. And it's kind of awesome. I mean, I, I I was expecting just something that tastes like fireball, but you can actually taste a little bit of tequila and a yeah. little bit of cinnamon. So basically put a... a Two or three sticks of big red chewing gum in your mouth, <laughs> and then have a sip of tequila, and boom! With big red, there you go. I mean, I don't know what do you, what do you, ladies and gentlemen, think? I'm, I, I'm. Here's the thing: I've never been much of a tequila drinker, but this, and most, even more so, I'm not much of a liquor drinker. Like straight, usually, I'm usually not drinking things neat. I'm usually, I'm a beer and wine guy. Primarily, and if I'm gonna have a drink, I have a mixed drink. But this is so smooth and so tasty. Like I, I want a bottle of these. And that's the anejo. Yeah, I want the anejo and the cinnamon. I want one, one of each. So, what do you think about the anejo? Like, if you if you had to come up with tasting notes, it's or the bus will explode. It's <laughs> it's like it tastes to me. And understand, this is as a novice to drinking any liquors at all. To me, it strikes me as an incredibly smooth whiskey like it's got that faint smokiness to it it's got that faint kick to it but it's like it doesn't have the bite that your average whiskey has even a good whiskey like that's part of the you know it's you know a feature not a bug that's what whiskey's right, supposed to taste right right but this doesn't quite have that and so it's just like this really smooth but kind of warm and smoky finish so yeah. the anejo is amazing um we we really enjoy it. I mean, it's I think it's very close to becoming the official tequila of the Flounders B team with no sponsorship whatsoever. It's I been a year and a half since we brought it to the show. We <laughs> love it. Like we love it. It's a regular feature. It's it's got to be our our favorite beverage. It has to be. Now I'm having the hot donkey right now for the first time. Yeah, I've never had the anejo before. That's a liqueur. I mean, that's sweet, very sweet. It's easy. It, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, make you it, feel like you're getting a cavity, like drinking Fireball. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's a lower proof because it is a liqueur. It's seventy proof. Ah, cherry flavored vodka is seventy proof. But it's also. I mean, there's. I have virtually no tequila presence in this beverage. Um, I could tell it was 
cinnamon tequila versus cinnamon whiskey. And oh, sure. I, sure. I actually prefer it to the Anejo because I'm taken forever on this glass mm-hmm. uh, because it's the Anejo has more of the alcohol burn. Mm. And I don't know if it's just the sugar or the fact that it's a lower proof or what, but the cinnamon was just easier to drink. Mm. So, okay. Yeah. So you like the cinnamon? I do. It's You're enjoying it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your feedback. We'll definitely uh, send this to the home office. <laughs> Sparkle Donkey. <Yeah>. Kicks ass. <laughs> uh, is that their tagline or your tagline we, for tastes them? Tastes like ass. <laughs> no. t- <laughs> okay. I don't know. We're going to send Sparkle some, Donkey. I don't know, Taste the s- ass. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dear. Oh, we're I gonna send them this one. <laughs> They're gonna fucking love it. Cease and assist. Stop tagging Cease us in your damn post. <laughs> you can't make me. I bought it. <laughs> Sounder soccer. Oh my god. How about form? Like it's almost as if we have players that know how to play the game. But no, no, it's not. It no, was it was fun down. again for two weeks. It, there so was anyway, uh, there was some frustration. Now, the first game that I have not watched in four years was the first win in how many weeks? Um, Tim, can you talk about lineups a little bit? Fry is back in goal. Stephen Fry. Oh, Stephen oh, Fry. This one? He, he was Colorado. Is his game back from concussion? Can we protocol. say the Can we say the prayer for this match? Um, do, you, two, do you know it offhand? Not not off the top of we'll, my head. We'll get that in later. No, we'll we'll, we'll edit it in. Tune back into like the first show of January. No, we'll uh, edit it in as yeah. appropriate when appropriate. But it, we can't edit it in at this no, point. No, it wasn't a shutout. There was a goal. Yeah. So okay, that. talk to me, Goose. So Stephen Fry is back from concussion Stephen protocol, Fry. and holy crap, we needed him. Um, starting lineup. Uh, back four: Francis Marshall, Kihi, and McCrary. And I think Nuhu might have been. Uh, he was in the eighteen on... for sure. No, he. Yellow no, no, no. He was out on yellow card suspension. suspension. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. One Thank you, Carol. Somebody's yellow. been paying attention. That's why I was trying. Between... Bosnia. Bosnia. <laughs> <laughs> Hurts your Gervina. <laughs> uh, so four, two, three, one. Family show. Defensive, uh, defensive mids. We have uh, uh, Christian Roldan and, and Jordy Dellum, and I think Jordy Dellum is starting to cement himself as a good like number three in the in the in the second depth or third chart. string depth chart in right, uh, uh, right, uh, right wing, left wing. Basically, the number eight. Isn't he that? Yeah, naturally a number six though. Like he, isn't yeah, that he, what he's supposed he's to be? He played defensive midfielder. Stop. We put him everywhere else. We put right. him at center back, which is not too 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 bad. As long as he's paired up with somebody. Um, not Alfaro. Yeah. But he's usually playing left wing for us too, right? <laughs> or right back for us. Uh, we've, we've, yeah, we've, we've put him out there. Uh, attacking midfielders, uh, left to right, Rodriguez, Ladero, and Ship. And up top we have Bruin. So something is missing from this, uh, from the starting lineup. What is that? Clinton, Revenue, Dempsey. This is the <laughs> first time he hasn't started a match in how many matches? I don't. I'm not going to throw any. It's been a while. Probably since his heart problems last year. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, minus, minus any stupid suspensions, but yeah, this is the first game that he's. I think he's come off the bench intentionally, and who knows? Maybe this is midweek game, uh, traveling away, but it, it it did well. I mean, we were able to combine and create some things offensively. We got two goals out of it. Yeah, I had to look at the stats. <laughs> I, I think yeah, there were there were two whole goals. All right, great. <laughs> I think they're both by right. Bruin. So all right, um, Will Bruin did have a brace in that one, which you was want pretty Colorado? exciting. Um, Does anybody care? Do we want the Ken Colorado Howard lineup? and a bunch of people? I don't know. Well, that's basically <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, they're doing Marco Papa still there? No, no, I, I don't know. Where he, no, no but isn't Michael Zira there? Michael, yeah, so he in uh, New England. 
They're doing a three, four, two, one. Uh, Howard and Goal. Uh, three, four, two, one. Not a Christmas tree. Three, four, two, one. Jesus. Uh, they're back three. So uh, Smith, Solberg, and Ford from left to right, and then uh, their midfield is Castillo, Azira, Gashi, and uh, Marvel Win. Attacking midfielders Nicholson How old and Baji. Marvel Win. He, he's been around a while. I, I mean, I, uh, up top they have uh, also Bali or Bully. But I don't know. I can't click on. Uh, I can't click on Marvel Win to find out. I just. Statistics. I feel like Marvel Win was old when he was playing for San Jose, and that was about six years ago. Mm-hmm. San Jose, Toronto, right? Shoot, either he's New England the, or he's Chicago. He's been. Yeah. He is. He's. And he's he, a, he was a veteran already back then. Like, I mean, guys, a little guy, fifty-five now. Like, <laughs> let's just say he's been making like seventy-five grand for the last <laughs> ten years. He can only play three games a year, or it hits his social security. Exactly. <laughs> and no, no, no. You can only work four hours this week. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's the starting line. And Tim Howard is in in goal, and uh, I honestly, I think. <sighs> I think his time has come. He is either it's it's either that or Chicago. Well, he is not really looking great. So what? Zach I mean, McMath is, is so it's it's hard to def- away. it's hard to be a an aging goalkeeper on a team that does not have a defensive line. They're playing a back three. Back three. What the heck? A seven footer. They're your playing back. a back three. I a little bit want to feel you. bad Talk to me for more. Tim Howard because, like, he's amazing. How did he end up on Colorado? But the thing is, Colorado wasn't good yet when he showed up there, right? And so he had to know what he was getting himself into. And well, I mean, this has got to be his last like professional gig before he does adjunct athletic teaching at New Hampshire University, Southern New Hampshire, (laughs) whatever that fucking thing is. Or he sells cars at John Elway Ford. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's been a tough, back to your point, when he showed up, Colorado, this is what, 2016, Mm -hmm. he, they were off to a great start with Zach McMath and then he helped kind of just continue that. They were the team to beat. They didn't have much offense, but dang it, they were the, the basically the sporting Kansas City where they just don't concede a whole lot of goals. And that's when we beat them in the uh, the quarterfinals or the semifinals of the Western Conference or the Western Conference Finals. And yeah, that's right. It was Western Conference Finals. And it might have been that, that was after actually <laughs> that was actually after I'm, I'm spinning all over the place. Timmy <laughs> Timmy got himself hurt in in a U.S. qualifier. Yeah, and then Zach McMath actually played in the match that and he did pretty damn well except for he spiked jordy morris and ripped open his knee mm-hmm. i don't know if y'all remember bum, bum, that bum, bum, bum. he cleated him but damn you zach colorado <laughs> was a very difficult team to beat they didn't have a whole lot of creativity offensively but dang it if they couldn't defend like like anybody's business and yeah. that was about back when they had pablo as their coach yes pablo and his mustache and they and were really it's <laughs> <laughs> like sinister oh you know. my gosh Whoa. that was my favorite part about soccer when i first started getting interested was pablo's mustache but like they were really testing the idea that defense wins championships that yeah. season and it didn't but they were testing it it looked good good mm-hmm. theory for a while yeah they just didn't have anything, anybody to put the ball in the net. And the thing is that um, Gashi is supposed to be that, and he's not bad at it. Like, 
I mean, take a look at the goal of the year last year. I mean, that, the curve on that free kick was disgusting. Mm-hmm. But, and like, Feels he has this moment. It's one of those things. It's like, I see so many players like this where it's like they have these moments. It's like that. If you could be that, like, more often, like, you will be playing for Real Madrid. Mm. So back to our match. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Where, no, that's just segue. But back to Colorado. The July 4th game. The July 4th game. Wonderful. The quality of play throughout that match was honestly, can we say it was anything other than abysmal? Yeah, there saying, was some thank God we were scored. playing the crappiest team. Thank in the God <laughs> we were playing the crappiest team in the West. Absolutely. But we're we're also the crappiest team in the West. I mean, at that point. And connecting on passes, pass completion, being able to connect more than a couple of passes in a row, just the, it, it just looked like a dirty mess in midfield. Um, nobody's trying to play anything over the top. Anything that's trying to play through the middle is absolutely torn up. Both teams, both sides, it looked like a couple of high school teams playing each other, didn't it? I mean, what's your opinion? Oh, you didn't watch didn't it. Didn't watch Shit. it. That's the thing. And so it's like, I can, <laughs> I can talk about the... Was New that a New England game? Yeah, it was New yeah. England. Yeah. And I And that was different. I mean, that I mean, not great, but we to finish off Colorado yeah. since since we did the best we could with the crap that we was had to us. Um and we've and been doing that all season. We created a goal off of kind of a mistake. The first goal was bouncing around, didn't intentionally go to uh Will Bruin but it ended up at Will Bruin's feet and mm-hmm. he finished. It's like, well, okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, for me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll put this away. Oh, and and, and one the- of those goals, I mean, actually looked like it was intentional. Like there was a pretty <laughs> solid um I recall that there was a pretty solid four-man push that looked a lot like that Mexico Mexico goal we talked about in the last match. Right, exactly. Like that wasn't quite accidental. You get the ball in the box and good things happen. Absolutely. And that was what? Um, uh, McCrary to ship to Bruin to goal? Something yeah. like that? About 18 minutes in. It just kind of, it, it, it was a bad pass that ended up kind of getting deflected back to Bruin's feet and yeah. he, he dispatched it, was a, it with his But left. it was a bad pass into the box. Yeah. It was a bad pass into a dangerous and area. And you have to put yourself in a dangerous position right. to be dangerous. You have to be <laughs> optimistic and uh, uh, you just have to assume that the ball's going to find a way to you. That way you're not surprised when it does. How do we like Harry Ship this year? When he's here. Man, I want to ships. You want to like him him so much. And I remember all the magical stuff he did in Chicago back in the day and everything. But it's just like every time he's he has one or two moments. Like Uh he'll have one or two moments, and if we can capitalize on those one or two moments, that's something. But but if everybody has a moment. Then right, you know, I, they I got, happen all at the same that time. That goes back to uh, the 2013 <laughs> season when we had 17 different goal scorers yeah. over the season. Like everyone had a moment. Well, that's what we have this year. I mean, literally, we're we're, we're <laughs> no one's have more we than can't three have goals. We're like different goal scorers because we only we have 15 had goals. goals. <laughs> <laughs> but good I news mean, is own goal at. is not leading our, our <laughs> score. Yeah. Uh. 39 minutes in, Colorado equalizes, and I think, <laughs> and going by what I've heard about, that kind of came out of nothing. Like, Saunders were actually pretty solid in possession at that point, controlling the game, and it just mm-hmm. kind of like one quick turnaround across in. And Well, that's what the World Cup has proven right now, is that, is that possession doesn't win games, True. necessarily, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so McCurry gets fell? kicked, and the ball ends up at Castillo's feet. 
flicks at far post, and I mean, Waylon Francis a, isn't marking his man well. Yeah, but that's not an accidental play either. I mean, that's that's again delivery into the box that somebody capitalized on. That's a header into the box. That's not like whoops, I accidentally bumped that. That's driving the ball to the goal, <laughs> and I mean, but that's what you got to do, and that's not what we're seeing with the Sounders sometimes. So then uh, at this point, it's 1-1, and mm, then uh, we're going to start the second half. We get our second goal. We we take the lead. Uh, Timmy Howard tries to distribute the ball uh, too quickly. and uh, That's how it always happens. <laughs> Did you learn no- nothing from Laura's Carius? <laughs> yeah. You, you rush the ball, and and uh, was it rolled on? It oh. just kind of read the pass. Sorry. Oh, they just that's late. Stop that. Uh, <laughs> wait. wait for it. <laughs> Stay on target. Stay on target. Uh, so... Roldan just kind of sees ahead of time that that Timmy's in a hurry, so he jumps, you know, essentially jumps the route. Gashi turns inside instead of outside, and then uh, Roldan picks his pocket, flicks it to. I don't remember who the player was. I um, it was um, Rodriguez. Oh, right, Rodriguez! Rodriguez flicks it uh, up and over to the far post. Bruin takes a quick touch with his right, and the ball doesn't even touch the ground. I think he's already flicked it past Timmy Howard with his left. Now we're up two to one, and we're smooth sailing. But wait. There's more. Uh, they're just blown by us, and there's a backdoor tap in. Gashi's just thinking, "All right, I've already got my goal celebration picked out. I've hit the X X button, <laughs> X button, and the right trigger, and I'm gonna do this thing." And then Stephen Fry just just goes to the far post instead of a tap in. Stephen Fry gets a meaty, meaty paw on it and denies, and that should be goal save of the of the of the week of the year. I mean, that should have been a goal, but somebody was a little nonchalant. Yes. Meaty paws, like I mean, we tried on those gloves. They're glorious. He yeah. tapes the sh- heck out of his fingers too. Uh, if you see any of the the photos of him, you know, just hanging out or talking, doing interviews, his fingers are taped up. Now I, I imagine that's to keep them from bending backwards because yeah. I'm sure you're gonna blast some. Yeah, you gotta reinforce them against mm-hmm. each other, and you gotta have unity in the in the yeah. shape of whatever you're doing. It. He talked about uh, in our interview. He talked about like the rituals that he has around his tape. And yeah. if he loses a piece of tape and it doesn't go in the trash, he has, he has to, to make to sure, trash. Hey, <laughs> make sure that those, this goes into the garbage can because if it doesn't bad luck. Yeah. yeah. Well, all I can say to that is sure. Brag it up. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, it's not our fault. You, you had got, to work. You guys got, it was so accidental back. too. It's just like, we just randomly talked to him on Twitter. He's like, yeah, we'd love to be on. Well, yeah, and then Fry said he would, he would do it in the off season. And then we waited for the off season. Like, Hey, we still have some whiskey that you haven't, you know, you want to come down. Like, okay. <laughs> Apolog- apologies. That's to all listeners. it takes is whiskey. Yeah. Well, yeah it, that was the thing is I mean, he was on vacation and he was talking about tequila. I was like, oh, I can do tequila. <laughs> what do you want? Come on! But apologies, uh, to listeners. You, we t- we tell this story like every three yeah. shows. <laughs> you, <laughs> I would. It's too. our moment. It's but our when, moment. was it Wayne Gretzky says you miss a hundred percent of the shots <laughs> you, don't you don't take? take. So yeah. that was that was us swinging for the fences. Like, hey, uh, uh, Stephen Fry, if you want to come down, we have this. Like, there's just some level of like, hey, do you want to be on our podcast? That makes you feel like <laughs> such a dork. Exactly. And <laughs> he did, and it was awesome. Check back. Uh, go through the archives into January, January. and find it. There's two episodes. Yep. Uh, yeah, I listen to them. They're fantastic. If you haven't listened, listen. What? I listen to them both. They're fantastic. Did you enjoy them? Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Oh, I do every week. Just try, to get the, <laughs> try to get the numbers up. Now, since then, we've been told there's a way to do things, and, and we're going to play along 
uh, yeah. with protocol. Um, we're really excited to talk with Alex Caulfield. He's promised that uh, we can um, have some access to to some S2 players. Ray Sari's expressed interest on coming on the show. So we're Francisco and Arbonne, we're going to have to wait on him. Arbonne, oh man. Oh, you know what? <laughs> when you were gone, you went up to the upper level at the S2 oh, match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Narbonne's brother came down with uh he was talking with stacy maddox who was doing some uh photography down there and and he's like hey i'm jaime <laughs> hi jaime, i'm steve <laughs> exactly he's like oh Norbone's brother and i'm like oh i can't like I'm like hey you want to be on the- when are you leaving <laughs> i'm leaving on tuesday Ooh. but his brother just got his you know two bones in his lower leg broken so i'm like <sighs> i can't ask him if he's gonna be on the show so yeah. Maybe so, he doesn't even like soccer. I don't so, know. <laughs> <laughs> he could if, be like if a, you're following from a vacuum. Yeah, I'm Jaime uh, Narbonne. Francisco Narbonne. Uh, Fran- I'm, I'm Jaime Narbonne. I'm with Doctors Without Borders. <laughs> Francisco Narbonne is a 24-year-old player for S2. Pretty much yes. the oldest player that is not uh, Estrada. The, the only the oldest Estrada. player that is not named David Estrada. <laughs> you know, remember uh, the commercial with um, <laughs> sorry for for those of you listening and not getting my hand radio. motions over the <laughs> microphone. Um, there was this Both commercial. Both of these guys just like mimic a sign on each other's <laughs> no, foreheads. No, it's, it's, it's a sunglass. Oh. There was this commercial a few years ago, and it had all of these like burnt out star, like C-list celebrities. Are you talking about ways of trying to get famous? And Eric Estrada has these like, sunglasses with a flight, Ray you know, Ray Ban. Right? Say Estrada across oh. the lenses. <laughs> And he just goes like this with his fingers across his face and goes, Estrada. <laughs> and so for the longest time, David Estrada for us was Estrada. <laughs> you got to dig up that commercial put in the show notes now. <laughs> so uh, Francisco Narbonne is a 24-year-old. <laughs> yes, bring it back to seriousness. 24-year-old yes, This is a fucking podcast. Panamanian player. Okay. And uh, we were playing uh, Swope Park Rangers about a week and a half Man, ago. Man, fuck those guys, by the way. And he got his leg compound, oh, you know, like, not God, compound, but like chip fib. ass cheaters. Broke. And so he's going to be out for probably KC. the rest of the season. I'm so angry. I hate KC. I've always hated KC. Ever since Jimmy Nielsen fucking. Lick your face. <laughs> In the in the World Cup or not he, the World Cup? He flicks Cup, his tongue US around Open like the Cup. choked out Boba. F- uh, not Boba Fett. Uh, who's the Jabba fat the Hutt? Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you at home, <laughs> what's the what's the Star Wars song? Um, no. Like. <laughs> so anyway, Narbonne, Narbonne is out for uh, uh, probably several months until he can get things straightened out. And, uh, and his surgery went really well. He was on crutches. Everything looked great that day. So he he's on the path to recovery already. He looked really good. Good. So there you go. So it was nice to got? meet Jaime. It was nice to meet Stacy again. Hi, Stacy. I hope you're listening. Love you. You're great. So yeah. Um. It, it really good. Uh. Family was happy. Everything seemed to be doing really well. But anyway. Uh. So New England nil nil. In some ways that seemed like a more desirable result but you guys watched that match how did you think the gameplay actually went um before we get to lineups overall impressions um, carol i was having the i 
I had a hard time watching that game. Like I was just like I was on Twitter. I, I like to be funny on Twitter during soccer games. What? Um, are are you are, are you funny as hand, hands free footy yes. or as Carol somebody? Uh, uh, as hands free footy. Okay. Um, my personal Twitter account is just random out of context quotes, and it doesn't give you any information. Um, Which is, but it's hilarious. And you should follow it because they're amazing. <laughs> I do follow it. Oh, good. <laughs> um, but no, I think that my my gift game is is on point. Um, and I I just found myself like really really in my Twitter during that game because I was trying to watch and I couldn't tell is this like have I been ruined by World Cup soccer like I've been looking at soccer at a higher level and so this just seems a little like boring is this like bad for MLS like I couldn't tell what was going on but I just I had a really hard time maintaining concentration on that game <laughs> well and here's the thing yeah. yeah when I was watching it my thought was Oh, this is what people who hate soccer mean when they say it's boring. Like there, I went ninety minutes, and it's like I can't, I can't tell you a single play. And we have this ongoing joke on our show that I'm the soccer robot. I remember, you know, I can tell you the exact date, August, maybe not the exact date, but it was in August that uh, Lamar Nagel scored a hat trick against Columbus Crew. Um, you're a robot. Like you're a weird, eidetic soccer Android. robot. Android, <laughs> right? So. And I could not tell you a single thing that happened in that game. Like, I was so bored and there was so little going on, which I think... We've watched zero zero draws that aren't awful. Yes. I've right, seen some, right. some of the most exciting games I've ever seen are zero zero draws. Yeah. I, I go back to one of the, the first game we ever went to. Uh, Houston? Houston Dynamo versus Sounders in the playoffs in 2009, the first leg. Mm. was 0-0, and my heart was in my throat the entire match. It was back and forth. There was good chances on both sides. There was great defending. There was great goalkeeper. There was everything you want except for mm-hmm. a goal in that game. And there should have been a goal, because speaking of eidetic soccer memory, <laughs> there was a foul that the ref did not call advantage on, and I believe it was Freddie Montero ended up on a break and would have scored. Is this where you get mad about Brian Chang or something? That was in the next game. That made me sad. But <laughs> yeah, Brian Ching was the one that put it away and finished our season that year. Yeah, in stoppage time, extra or in extra time, in the second leg. But but New England. But we should have gone to Houston with a one nil advantage, which means we never would have gone to extra time. We would have continued anyway. And so what you're saying is the New England game was so boring that you'd rather I'd talk rather about- <laughs> talk about a game that happened nine years ago. <laughs> There you go. That's and and here's the thing. Like I really, (laughs) I really feel like you broke Steve. That was the plan. (laughs) Okay, that was also the plan. But no, a zero zero draw. A come in. You don't have to attack. You don't necessarily have to create too much. And honestly, like one of the things, and I will admit, I'm cribbing off of a different podcast, Nasadietis, on this. But Ladero was actually making positive attacking passes. He was trying to put the ball through to. Um, Bruin, and the passes weren't coming off, but at least he was trying them. Whereas in the past, like part of the really depressing part of the last three months is like we'd see the Sounders get the ball sometimes on a good turnover where you got a break, but we don't have anyone fast enough, so they hold it up and they let the defense set itself, and then they pass it up the the wing, and they pass it to the middle, pass it to the other wing, pass it to the middle, put it across that no one has a chance at, and then right. it goes back the other way. Like there's nothing interesting going on. Don't know in what the that attack. style that- of play is called, but it's the opposite of the counterattack. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 that's the frustration, right? Is there's no kind of 
no effective through play in the middle at all. Right. There is like it, even if like so the the moments I've really liked Harry Ship are also the moments that I've really disliked Harry Ship <laughs> because he's like, okay, I'm gonna dribble up the middle and I'm gonna have a chance at nothing because there's nobody there to support. There's nobody like if he's dribbling up the middle and drawing all this stuff, there should be like major wing action to get into the box to be a target for a pass or some garbage goal or something 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 right something anything something anything there's nothing there's nothing and so the only thing i can say about this game is that we were trying to make that pass yeah uh ladero was trying to make that pass but it wasn't coming off because bruin's a little slow and nobody else was making a run and you know you're passing to one slow guy in the middle of five defenders what are you gonna do but at least, are you that. raising your hand or are you amening? I'm not. A, oh yeah, I'm just praising Jesus. <laughs> no, uh, no, back to that. The one thing that this game did expose is like we just need somebody with pace. I mean, a winger, a pacing winger that is not Rodriguez, that is not New Ladero, that is not Dempsey. Just there's been plenty of times where we had the ball in the middle, and this is the opportunity where a Sorry to rehash. Joven Jones could have been easily onside with about 40 yards of runway to do. Just put a ball through and he is off and he can draw a defender out, create room for a center midfielder or a forward to just sit there and poach. Can, but we don't have that yet. Now, is that our TAM signing? Can, can I throw crossed. out three yeah. names? MLS level names. So you could get them as not german three that uh sign language three but yeah um you get them my as wife th- would love you right now <laughs> as they're there you can get them for un- not tam money you can get them under the cap easily they can none of these three guys can finish to save their life but they're all fast as hell who would you like on this team um kakuda manny darren maddox or I can't remember who's the guy. Domaduro. Domaduro. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Dominic Maduro. Hey, I'm drawing pizza on my head. Domaduro. <laughs> right. Would one of those guys at least stretch a defense to give the rest of this team the room to play? I would take Mane, Mane. and Maddox any fucking day of the week. No, I take Mane. I take Mane. Domaduro's fast, but you're right. He he just can't. Yeah, he can't finish. Mane is my number one in that three. Mane scored on us. Yeah. Oh god! I Recently. remember the hat that trick he scored against. It was crazy. Cool. Yeah, that the call. Well, we back when he was what, was it Vancouver? Yeah, and he subbed out, or he can't, he was injured, came off the field, and they got let right on the field, pretty much at at midfield, and he was already off to the races and cut a through ball. And where's he at now? He is in DC. Is it? What, what, DC has many. I think so. I think DC so, has yeah. many and. Some other people, I'm oh, sure. Who is the guy? Oh, One wait, moment. Oh, we were, to the internet. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So moving on. Uh, D, uh, New England was a 0-0 tie. That's fine. We get a point out of it. And we get a and, point. And a all, shutout. Uh, I'm complaints sorry. about how boring that is to watch. Kakuta Mene? Yeah. He's, he's out he's of the country. With, um, uh, he's in the Swiss Super League now. Really? Oh. Uh, he last played for the crew, I think. Yeah. How do you play in Switzerland, though? Everything is mountains or lakes. Like- <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Ask Stefan Fry. At least Fair. half. <laughs> for the first half or the second half, you're going downhill. Drag it up, why don't you? <laughs> I'm just rubbing it in, baby, pouring salt in the wound, bitches. Um, 
It's your dirty little secret. It's not mine. <laughs> anyway, sorry guys. So no, I, anyway. I mean we we've we've already talked. We beat New England. New England was a good team going into this game. We, we didn't beat New England. We drew New England. No, no, beat this this game into draw that feels like a win. It yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and and I, New England. I mean they're competitive, or they ought to have been. But I I don't know. Did they did they send a full strength team against us? I think they did. Like yeah, I mean they had Fagundes. I mean they they row. Kel- yeah, yeah, Kellen Rowe. Juan Agudelo coming off the bench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kellen Rowe was playing nasty, yeah, too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He's just mad. He was not screwing around. That's a guy I wouldn't mind getting back here. Like, Well, I mean, we we played with that. We, tr- and we wanted to trade Dempsey straight up. <laughs> we, and we'll we pay talked, the rest of his salary. Yeah. We talked to Six States one pot about that. Like, yeah, no, you can't have We him. would also give you that <laughs> oh boy Alberto money. <laughs> You know, now that I'll you, give you now, the jerky. Now that we talk, I th- I'm wondering. I, we, I was complaining before about how you know the, this, the Seattle Sounders sales team must really be poor if they can't find anybody that's willing to advertise with Sounders. I mean, how do you not get? We can get forty thousand people into the stadium, and, and a lot of people are watching at home. How do we not have advertisers that want? team players? We're stuck with Ziggy Schmidt selling Volkswagens from the University okay, of Audi. Look. Tanzania. Uh, <laughs> there you go. No, and I feel I, you're not Much wrong because I feel like the Joe. last I heard, the Sounders local broadcast makes or it has the highest ratings of any local MLS broadcast. Like we, we get more people watching on Joe TV than, via YouTube anybody, TV, via YouTube by the way. TV, <laughs> than anybody else. So it's like, yeah, like the numbers are there. We should be able to. That's you know. Widen that into a bigger question. Yeah. We have the same bigger. Washington lottery commercial every like five seconds. Yeah, like, the guy coming we, in, he's got with the spray toilet, paint in the hair, the, and he's yeah. sliding around. And he's make, got do the, we not have MLS like scarf? Like, he's got the sounder yeah, but, you know, you scarf, listen to the same toilet thing paper. Every... Okay, so wrapping up New England, did New England have any serious threats against our defense? And how did um, how did Stephen Fry walk away with a clean sheet after saying his prayers? Second only his second of the year, which is wow. so frustrating because he is absolutely, in my mind, the absolute best goalkeeper in the league. Maybe not North America, but pretty fucking close. I, I, I mean, can't think off the top of my head. I mean, the, the names I want to throw out are Andre Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Johnson, New York is doing. Somebody made an argument on our last show that Brian Meredith made a, a save against yeah, Portland <laughs> at home in uh, the loss that we had against Portland at home that was the first ever. But Brian Meredith made a save that I think Tashi Tashi came on our show. He's a a coach at Foss. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said that Brian Meredith made a save that Stefan Fry couldn't have pulled off. I remember that save. It was incredible. And Brian Meredith has those moments. I remember when he he had to um, cover long-term for, was it Spurning? Oh my god! A few years back, it, yeah, it was a combo sp- between he and I think Weber, and I believe it was in Portland. He had this amazing diving; just it, it was uh-huh. reminiscent of Stephen Fry's save in the MLS Cup final. Yep. Like it was just behind his back, up in the corner. Yep. But I also he actually got a full palm on it instead of the fingertip, which is what Tim pointed out. Yeah, right. we talked. I mean, he he got so much of it, grabbed it, and kept it in, but it was right down the middle. The rebound was right down the middle, and it was possibly uh gonna get tapped back in but luckily we had some defenders there <laughs> and but i would say on the flip side is i have heard argued that fry would have saved at least one of those goals that went in the third one in particular so 
Fry is a cyborg. I mean, he is not human. Fry is a, he is just a professional, like inhuman professional. He gets up, eats like rusty nails for breakfast. He just, he is 100% professional. You can't tell. He's just a, a man on a mission. Hey, everybody. We are so glad that you are a listener to the Flounders B Team podcast. We absolutely could not or would not do this without you. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for the second part of our incredible conversation with Carol and Dave from Hands Free Football. You can find them on Twitter at Hands Free Footy, and they are also on KTAHLP 101.9 FM right here in Tacoma. This show came out late because, well, sometimes life comes at you fast. We strive to make these shows current, topical, and mostly fun. If there is something you love about this show or something you just wish would change, why don't you reach out? At the end of the day, we're serving community while we enrich our own understanding of the beautiful game. You can find us on Twitter at Flounders B Team, at FloundersBTeam.com, and you can write a review on any of the podcast platforms out there, like iTunes and Player FM. We're also on Google Play Podcasts now, and we're working on Spotify. We don't pay a podcast hosting company. We kind of do it ourselves, so we don't get the fast pass. Also, great news. Kevin Zamira and me, Steve Kettleson, had the distinct pleasure of sitting down with Nate Bowling a few weeks ago on the Nerd Farmer podcast to talk about the state of U.S. soccer in the wake of our failure to qualify. That show should be coming out on Sunday, July 15th. Our very own Kat Peterson joined Hope and Annie on Interchangeable White Ladies, and that episode is out now. Check it out and discover your new favorite show at Channel253.com. This is Channel 253.